Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail, along with Charlie Long. We're going to go to our Oakland Heart Jewelers talk and text line to the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, Jim Nagy. Jim, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Mike, good being on. Good, uh, good to be on with you, Charlie. Uh, Jim, uh, man, I can't tell you from an outsider looking in just how you've been able to raise the level of the importance of the Reese's Senior Bowl. You know, you talk to older guys in this business when they had a choice. Uh, Do I want to go to Mobile? I want to go play in the Hula Bowl? What? Man, I'm going to Hawaii. But now their deal is, listen, I can make so much money if I look good at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Man, I can go to Hawaii when I want to go to Hawaii. So you've done a fabulous job there. And one of the guys last year – and I think everyone sort of thought he'd be a first-round pick in Trevor Pinning, but I think he solidified that going to the Senior Bowl and showcasing his skills and showing, hey, I can play against the big guys. I can go up against those individuals. So if you're not a surefire top 10, 15 pick in the draft, it really beholds you to head to Alabama and play in the Reese's Senior Bowl. Well, Mike, first off, I appreciate the kind words. That's that's really nice of you. Um, that's been part of the been part of the pitch over the last five years. Mike is convincing these guys that are, you know, latter half of the first round, you know, to to mid second round picks that this game, this game makes more sense for those guys um, than the than the later round picks because just of the value of where those guys get drafted. I mean, they're, they're, you know, you look at a guy like Terry McLaurin, the, the Pro Bowl receiver yeah. for the for the Washington Commanders. When we were, you know, when we graded Terry coming out of Ohio State, we had him in the fifth round, you know, calling around to teams because we do that. We cross-check ourselves with, with all the, you know, I usually hit up at least half the league, you know, director-level guys, GMs, just, and we, we, we spent a couple hours on the phone and we just compare grades and compare notes. And, and Terry was fifth, sixth round for everybody, okay? So he comes down to Mobile, has a great week, um, went in the third round, and now in hindsight got way underdrafted, probably should have gone in the first round. Um, and he made a lot of money, you know, move, moving two or three rounds. That's a lot of money. But a guy like Trevor um, in the year before that, like Kadarius Tony, those guys were, you know, in that, in that 28 to 40 range probably for most teams. And he ended up going, you know, you go from 28 to 20. I mean, you're making more than Terry McLaurin made by moving two or three rounds, by moving, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten spots. So, um, yeah, it, it, our small school guys definitely benefit probably more than the bigger school guys because they have to – prove themselves against a, a better level of competition. I think that the Green Bay receiver Christian Watson is another prime example. Um, a year ago at this time, Christian was a fourth or fifth round pick for every single team we talked to, and he ends up going 34 overall. So, um, Alante yeah, Taylor. Yeah, yeah, Alante. Alante made a nice jump, too. And I think, I think with Alante and Trevor, too, I think, you know, those two picks really – signified what what Jeff Ireland and Mickey Loomis and and what those guys want to build their team with and that's tough competitive football players because I think everyone saw what Trevor did wearing people out and getting a little chippy and and doing those things in the (laughs) one-on-one drills 
And and if you're if if you really bought into Alante, which I did, um, he he played defensive back like a linebacker. I mean, he was going to hit you in the mouth. Going back to his junior tape when we evaluated evaluated him the spring before. Um, the very first play that I put on of Alante, he came up on a bubble screen and just blew the receiver up, like knocked him in the next week. And I'm like, okay, got me on the edge of my seat. I'm like, okay, what, what do we got here? So, um, again, I think that with the Saints really, really, those two guys fit exactly what they want to build their football team with, and that's tough, competitive guys. Tajay Spears gets the invite from Shulane, and, and he sort of put that team on his back late uh, as a running back. And we're talking about it. You know, running backs uh, of any all of the positions, and I've done this over 30 years, other than fullback, which is almost now, you know, every once in a while you see a team with a true fullback, uh, it probably gets devalued more than anything. And probably in this draft class, uh, Bijan Robinson from Texas may be the only first-round pick running back. So for Spears, man, my thing is I'm going to go there in Alabama and I'm going to show them just how good of a receiver pass protector I can be because they know I can run the ball. But it's the other parts that they're going to ask me a lot about. And I think that's where Tajay can, can really do himself a lot of good. And actually, he sort of grades out similar to Alvin Kamara uh, when he came out of Tennessee. I thought Alvin would be one of the top couple picks in round two. He ended up sliding all the way into round three. Your thoughts on, on Tajay and, and just how big of a jump he made from a year ago. And he was coming off the knee injury also. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up Alvin, and he uh, – I mean, we, we could spend a lot of time on all the guys I missed on, but I had a first-round grade on Alvin for the Seattle Seahawks. That was, a, that was a hard pill to swallow when I saw Alvin falling down the board, and, and I thought he should have been our first-round pick. But, but you're right, Tajay, Tajay is a similar guy. Um, and, again, he's a junior, so, you know, that's really a position group for us that's hard to, uh, hard to get, you know, because most of those guys, if they're really good running backs, they will leave as juniors. So, uh, Tajay was able to graduate, so we, we got him as a junior. And I think you're talking about the, the devalue uh, of the running back position. I think, think you know, look no further than right there in your backyard with, with Elijah Mitchell from, from uh, the Raging Cage. Yeah, you I mean, will. Here, here's, a, here's a guy that ran for 4,000 yards, the ULL ran for 40 touchdowns, had a great senior bowl week, caught the ball well down here all year, all week, ran in the low four fours, vertical jump, like 40 inches. Like he literally checked every box and he went in the sixth round. I don't get so, it. So I mean, <laughs> I don't get it either. So that's what, when I get calls from agents about, Hey Jim, where do you think this running back's going to go? Usually with, with any other position, I, I feel with certainty, I can peg it within a round and, and, but with running backs, I tell my guys, I'll tell you what I think of the player, but I have no idea where these running backs are going just because the league has devalued these guys so much. you got to stretch the rubber band, Jim. That's what I do with them. When I get that call, I'm like, okay, I'll tell you what I grade them, but let me stretch that rubber band a little bit because we all have seen that sort of head south. Charlie has a question for you, Jim. Yeah, so we were talking a little bit about Trevor Penning earlier on. Uh, there's there's offensive linemen from smaller schools. Do you kind of see those types of guys with a chip on their shoulder to say that I can really play with the big boys in a game like this at the Senior Bowl? Yeah, definitely with those guys, and if they're the right ones too. I mean, I think we've you know I've I've definitely learned. I mean, I've been coming to the Senior Bowl for 20 years as an NFL scout before I, I took this position, but I do see it through a different lens. You know, kind of in the seat I'm in now. The first year. I had this job. I invited some small school guys that 
they came down here and they were just a little wide-eyed. The stage was a little too big for them. So ever since then, I've made sure to to reach out to multiple people on the staffs of the schools to make sure we're bringing in a guy that will, will, will step up to the competition. But, yeah, last year was a prime example with Trevor. And, and you know, you look at Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga. That's another guy. He ends up in round one. Round. Yeah, moved all the way to the first round. And so, you know, we've got a guy this year to keep an eye on, Cody Mauk from, from North Dakota State. Um, you talk about a guy that I think Cody's going to end up going in the first round after he's down here. He makes it look so easy at the FCS level. Um, you know, probably better athlete than, than Trevor. Not quite, not as big a person, not as not nearly as big a human being, but a better athlete and a, and a really similar finisher. Um, so, Charlie, that's a really good point. If, if you get those small school kids down here with a chip on their shoulder and uh, wear out some of these SEC guys and the Big Ten guys, it it uh, it makes a statement, and, and the teams all take attention to that. One of the guys, uh, I mean, I saw him in high school uh, at West Feliciana. I think he was an early commit to you, Darius Davis. Uh, and, you know, because he's a return man. Now, the one thing I can tell you, he ain't the biggest cat in the world, but, man, he can flat-out run. He's got great speed. I think he'd be a really good slot receiver in the National Football League. But your thoughts on Darius, uh, who's going to play in that national championship game. Uh, he's at TCU. Sonny's got him there, and uh, he makes an impact returning punts and kicks. No, he, he does, and, and I, I've said this on, on, on our Twitter, that he, Darius is the fastest player I saw on tape all year. I, I agree. And, and again, there, there, there are some documented track stuff, you know, from when he was at, from his high school days, and sometimes you see that. I think he was a 10, 300 meter. Sometimes you put on the tape, it doesn't quite correlate. Um, this dude's got serious juice. Um, one position I feel like the NFL does a better job, just overall kind of big picture, does a better job of utilizing – well, two positions, tight end and slot receiver. I think the NFL coaches do a better job of, of using the middle of the field. So I think Darius will be one of those guys. He'll be a better pro than he was a college player, at least statistics. Um, and he is a natural, natural punt returner. I mean, you, you put the guy back there, he can track the ball, he can field it. He's got an unbelievable feel for, for coverage and leverage and, and uh, just open field vision. I mean, he – He's going to be. I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl level punt returner at the next level. And I think uh, with his speed, whether you want to call him a slot, some of the gadget use stuff, like yeah. he's going to he he is going to be a weapon for sure. Dorian Williams got an invite, uh, also correct, the linebacker from Tulane. Yes, he did. Yep. And, and man, him and Nick Anderson, it was like every other play. The one would make the tackle, the other guy would make the tackle the next. Uh, they were tackling machines there, but uh, a, a little bit about uh, about Dorian and, and his chances because he's he's got some size and he can run the field, but I, I love his east-west flow ability. I, I think that's something with him you see on tape very, very quickly. Yeah, we're excited about about Dorian, and you're right. Nick's a really good football player too. For a, for a group of five school to have two linebackers like that, I mean, that's a reason. That's a reason why they were able to do what they did this year. But but Dorian stood out. You know, we had Cam Sample in the game a couple of years ago, the defensive lineman from from Tulane, and I was at a game scouting him. I think it was the COVID year um, over there for a game, and I just saw this linebacker number two, like you said, East West, just running sideline to sideline, hitting people. And uh, and here he is now. He's a senior, so I love that when guys kind of pop out as, as young guys, and um, they stay in school, and, and we get a chance to get him as seniors. Uh, kind of a different body type. Like he's carrying a lot of his bulk in his upper body. He's, he looks like a safety from the waist down. Sure does. And he looks like a linebacker from. And he looks like a linebacker from the waist up. So, um, the, in the the league is looking for guys that can run. He can do that. He's got that. 
he's got that that physical mindset. So at the at the bare minimum, I think right now Dorian's probably going to go early day three, like fourth fifth round. Yeah. But he's a he's a safe pick in those rounds because you really want to hit starters in the first three rounds, and and if you can get guys that make your squad as backups, you know, on, on day three, that's that's a win if you're an NFL team. And at minimum, at minimum, Dorian Williams is going to be a, a really good core special teams player for somebody, and. Uh, and again, if you, if you can create that role for yourself and buy yourself time as a backup, um, who knows what the ceiling's going to be? So, um, yeah, just one of the fastest linebackers we saw on tape this year, and, and a guy we're excited about. One of the guys too. Uh, I'll never forget when they brought him to LSU. Coach will tell me, "Hey, T boy, come take a look at this Ali Gay." He said, you'd be the first one off the bus every time we play somebody. Because he looked apart and he said, no, we got to do a little work with him from a technical standpoint. But, man, you see this long, lean, good-looking athlete that can get up the field, huge wingspan, and he's gotten better with his run defense uh, uh, throughout the, the couple of years he's played at LSU. A little bit of uh, kind of a breakdown on Allie Gay. Yeah, you're, you you nailed it on him getting better, you know, in the run versus the run. Uh, but but there there won't be a better looking guy um, at this <laughs> yeah. year's Senior Bowl in his pads than Ali Gay. I mean, you talk about a first gay guy you want first coming off the bus. That's Ali Gay. Um, and like you said, I mean, everyone at the school raves about the person. So high character guy. I think right now, from a production standpoint, some teams are you know wish you wish there was a you know a little more production there. Um, but he's a guy that's battled through some injuries. I think that's gonna. We're gonna have to see where that comes out in the draft process. That the you know the combine medical will probably be big for Ali. Um, but I go back to my time with the Seahawks. Like we were, you know, we struggled a little bit with uh, Daniel Hunter because we, you know, we wanted to see more production. You know, as a pass look what happened. Now look at. Yeah. Now he's in it. Now, now, now he's one of the elite guys in the league. So, um, you know, I think that's what you're hang, you're hanging your hat on a, a, a NFL frame, like an ideal frame, a guy with high character that's going to work at it, and uh, you know, with a high ceiling. And so, usually those guys that work hard and have good character, they usually clicks for them. So, um, this will be a big week for Ali for sure. Jim, a player that I'm, I kind of saw on the rosters that I uh, I covered UL for a couple of years, so I know this guy from the Sun Belt is uh, Appalachian State running back Cameron Peoples, who was outstanding for a couple of years there, and he had a great game this year against Texas A&M. He showed that he can really play with the big boys. Uh, but this is a guy that's got good size, 6'2", 225. I saw him play firsthand against the Cajuns. He's a really, really good running back. I think he's got a chance to really prove himself on the stage. Can you talk a little bit about uh, Cameron Peoples? Yeah, Cam Peoples is uh, he's what the league's looking for at running back. I mean, they all want the 225, 230-pound guy, and he's verified by the NFL scouts. He is the legit 6'2", 225, big guy. Um, I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry, but he, he, his running style, his body type are similar. He's, he's a little upright, um, but he has nice feet. He can For a bigger back, he can cut. A lot of bigger backs can't cut. Um, he can cut, and he's got a breakaway gear, which which Derrick obviously had. So, again, not not saying he's – by any stretch, Derrick Henry. Um, but, you know, it was curious how they used him. Like, they, they kind of they played a heavy rotation at running back at App yeah. State. Um, and I don't know exactly who, why, why that's the case. Because there's some games where he looks like a, a top two or three round running back, you know, if you put in the, you put in the right games over the years. And then there's other games. games where, yeah, and then there's other games where he only gets a handful of touches. So, um, again, for us, you know, he's a guy that the league wanted to see more of especially in this environment. I think they want to interview him and kind of see how he does in those because what, what, where is the discrepancy between these monster games you put up in some of the games where there, there's minimal production. So, um, again, he's all the 
Um, and I think the interview part will be big for him. Jim, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate it. you got to do one favor for me. Tell Trevon Reed, it. stay in Alabama. Don't come back to Louisiana, recruit them players. <laughs> Trevon grew up right up now. the road from me. So, man, he's, he's hitting all them spots in Louisiana to try to bring him to Auburn. I uh, know that's our guy, man. T. Reed's gonna—he's gonna steal some guys in your backyard. I know he will. I know he will. Jim, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I really appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. All righty, Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese Senior Bowl. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.